Today we are wrapping up the series, Hush, and I am going to talk to you from this thought, complaining, complaining. I want to begin in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 14, Philippians 2 and verse 14. The Word of God says, do everything without complaining or arguing. And here's how I want to begin this message today. I want to begin by giving you a definition of complaining. What what is complaining? How do we know if we we are complaining? And James McDonald gave a great definition of complaining that, that lines up with Scripture. He says, complaining is expressing dissatisfaction with a circumstance that is not wrong and about which I'm doing nothing to correct. Now understand that if you see something that's wrong, maybe at, at home or at a restaurant, at, at work, at, at church, in the community, and you express it to the right person and you express it with the right attitude so that you can see the problem fixed, that is not complaining. But if you whine about an issue, that's not wrong. If you whine about an issue that is wrong and you do it with the wrong attitude, are you talking to the wrong person because you have no intentions of fixing the problem, you're just whining, then you are complaining. Now, let me be transparent with you today. I struggle with this one. Complaining is an area that I need to get better in and better at. This, this winter was one of the most complaining seasons I've ever had as, as a pastor. You know, weather was bad all across America this year, but it was bad in Oklahoma too. It was one of the worst winters we've had in years here in Oklahoma. And the interesting thing is this. The weather, the snow, the ice, the, the rain, the freezing rain, the, 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 the drizzle, all of that stuff, most of it took place on the weekends. But make a preacher mad. I mean, here we are strategizing and praying and studying and, and using creativity. We're trying to reach people for Christ. We're, we're trying to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And all of a sudden, I mean, almost every Sunday this winter, it's just something. Rain, sleet, snow, ice. And I'm just whining. Can't believe this weather. What's wrong with all this weather? Lord, don't you know we're trying to reach people? Come on, Jesus. What's wrong? The weather, what's up with this weather? I just complaining and complaining. Mean, and I knew, I knew the Lord heard my cry and everything would change when the spring came. And then we had the first day of spring last week. And it snowed. Lord, do you hear your child? Complaining, complaining, complaining. And maybe you can relate to me today. And, and your, your area is not with the weather, but it's another area of your life. And you find yourself whining all the time. You're, you're complaining all the time. No doubt about it, this issue of complaining touches all of us at one level or another. And I want to deal with it today. I want to give you three strategies to conquer complaining. Three strategies to conquer complaining. Now, number one is this. Let's look at the root of complaining. In other words, why do we complain? What, what's the root of it? What's the cause of it? What, what causes you and I to complain? I want to give you four insights regarding the root of complaining. Number one is this. We complain when things don't turn out the way we want. When things don't turn out the way we want. Exodus chapter 14 
Let's look together in verse number 11 and verse number 12. The scripture says, they said to Moses, talking about the Israelites, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to this desert to die? Now, let me unpack this for you and kind of explain the story for you, because this story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt is the backdrop that I want to use to talk about complaining. Now, if you don't know the story, the Israelites were in Egypt in bondage for 400 years, over 400 years, in bondage, in captivity, in slavery. They were being mistreated. And after 400 plus years, God brought them out of Egypt, and now they're here in, in the desert. And, and no doubt about it, when Israel was in Egypt, they had dreams of what it would be like to be free. They had dreams of what it would be like to be out of slavery. They had dreams of what it would be like to be out of captivity. And here's the deal. When they got out of Egypt and they got into the desert, things were not turning out the way that they wanted Things did not turn out the way that they expected, and they began to complain. And Scripture goes on to say, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So things weren't turning out the way that the children of Israel wanted them to turn out, and they turned to complaining. And honestly... We all have a tendency, when things don't turn out the way that we want to, to complain. We all have that tendency. You see, there's this thing inside of all of us called selfishness. I deal with it and you deal with it. We can be pretty self-centered people. And we want things to turn out the way that we want them to. And when we don't, we have a tendency to complain. I thought it was going to be like this. Well, I like it like this. I want it like that. I didn't know it was going to turn out like that. I didn't know you were going to do this. I didn't know it was going to happen this way. I had no clue I was going to end up here. And unexpected things happen. And we begin to murmur and grumble and complain when things don't turn out the way that we want them to. And here's the interesting thing about life. Life always throws us curveballs. Things always happen that in ways that we don't want them to. Matter of fact, I'll submit this to you. Most of the time, things don't turn out the way that we thought they would. You have to understand that about life. And you have to understand because if you don't grasp it, if you don't understand that, you'll find yourself always complaining. I want you to see the second thing, the second root of complaining. Number two is this. We take God's blessings for granted. Take his blessings for granted. I want you to know today that God has been good to you. Whether you understand it or realize it or not, God really has been good to you. And you may want to argue or debate that point with me today, but I'm telling you, God has been good to you. And one of the biggest evidences of that today is the very fact that you're here. You're here, you're breathing, you're, you're alive, you have the activity of your limbs, you, you have your mental, mental capacity, you can think today. God has been good to you. And it's easy for you and I, because God is so good to us, to take his blessings for granted. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself complaining about the very things you prayed for. You take your blessings for granted. And that's what happened to the nation of Israel. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 9, verse number, excuse me, Exodus chapter 3, verse number 9 through 10, it says, and now the cry of the Israelites 
has reached me. This was when the Israelites was, they were in Egypt and they were calling out to God. God, get us out of here. And for years they were calling out to God, God, get us out of captivity. God, get us out of slavery. God, get us out of this oppression. And the Bible says that, that the cry of the Israelites, the, the prayers of the Israelites has finally reached the Lord. And the Bible says, I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, he's talking to Moses. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The interesting thing is this. Israel prayed for God to get them out of, out of Egypt. They, they cried out. They called out to the Lord. And the Lord blessed them. He answered their prayer. And he brought them out of Egypt in a miraculous way through the parting of the Red Sea. And now they're on dry ground in, in, in the desert. And you know the first thing they begin to do? Complain. God answered their prayer. God blessed them. And they began to murmur. They began to grumble. They began to complain. And before you and I pick on Israel, we've got to examine ourselves. Because we all have the tendency to take God's blessings for granted. The very thing that we pray for, we oftentimes complain about when God gives it to us. Lord, I need a job. Oh, Lord, provide me with a good job, Lord. Give me a job. And God answers your prayer. And he gives you a job. And you're happy for about 30 days. <laughs> then all of a sudden you turn around. I'm sick of this job. They don't pay me enough. They need to give me a raise. Don't they know who I am? Maybe I, I want some better health care. They ought to give me some bonuses. I, I'm sick of this. You pray for that job. God bless you. And then we turn around and we complain about the very thing we ask the Lord for. Lord, please give me a car. God, give me a house. Give me a place to live. Lord, please provide for me. And God provides for you. Isn't it interesting that when you desire a certain car, a certain type of car, you think nobody else has it? And then when you buy it, everybody's got it. Huh? I mean, I didn't know nobody. I didn't think, no, because your attention is now, you're aware of some things that you weren't aware of before, and you got this car. Now you don't want it no more. Everybody's got, I don't want this car anymore. Lord, give me a house. God gives you a house, and you're happy for about six months. Then you start complaining. I don't like the carpet. Well, I don't like the color of the walls anymore. I'm tired of this house. The stove not working right. I'm sick. We got to get another dishwasher. Listen, when I grew up and we woke up, I was the dishwasher. Amen. Uh, my daddy's here in the front row. He can testify. These hands did some dishwash. That's why they soft today. Amen. I don soap. Praise the Lord. The very thing we pray for, we start complaining about. Lord, bless me with a church home. Lord, bless me with a church. Oh, God, give me a good church that teaches the word of God. And God answers your prayer. Now, everybody's happy with their new church home for the first 90 days. And after 90 days, I don't know what comes over church folk, but the spirit of complaining comes on them. About 90 days in. I don't like the color of the carpet. You see them lights? I don't like them lights. I take the, Listen, the church services are too long at this church. If you ever complain about that at people's church, you got more issues than you realize. Amen. 
the church services are too long. The church services are too short. I don't like the music. It's too loud. It's too soft. They don't sing my kind of music because it really is all about me and what I want. They don't do what I want them to do. And here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. My absolute favorite one is this. Pastor at my last church. I, I love that one. Now, I've never had the audacity to answer this way, but I've thought of a bunch. If your last church was so good, why aren't you there now? Uh-huh. I think that's a different problem. It wasn't your last church. The problem is that, oh, boy, amen. Now, here's my absolute favorite. Here's my absolute favorite one. Lord, give me a spouse. Lord, give me a wife. Lord, give me a husband. Oh, I don't want to be single, Lord. Give me a husband and a wife. And the Lord answers your prayer. I don't even say anymore, do I? <laughs> yeah, you pray for that knucklehead man, amen. You ask the Lord. You ask him to get married. And we turn around and we complain about the very thing we ask the Lord for. Lord, give me some kids. Lord, let my quiver be full. <laughs> Lord, please give me some kids. God gave you some kids. And you forgot that the Bible says they are a blessing of the Lord. And the very thing you prayed for, now you're complaining about the blessings. We, we, we take God's blessings for granted and it leads us to complaining. And number three is this. I want you to see the third, uh, third root of complaining is we, are, we aren't satisfied with what we have. We aren't satisfied with what we have. Numbers chapter 11, the same story. Verse number four says this. The, the rabble. Now, the rabble were a group of Egyptians, a small group of Egyptians that actually went with Israel into the desert. So a lot of the Egyptians died in the Red Sea. You, you, some of you know the story, but there was a group of Egyptians that actually left with Israel and went into the desert. And they were called the rabble. The rabble went with them, began to crave other food. And again, notice the emphasis, and again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. We aren't satisfied with what we have. We want to eat something different. And the interesting thing about this story is God was providing them food in a miraculous way. You see, they were in the desert, and there was no Burger King, there was no McDonald's, there was no Outback, there was no Charleston's, there was no Chick-fil-A, there was no grocery store to go buy some peanut butter and jelly. The only way that they could eat is that God would provide for them supernaturally. And God was doing that very thing. And yet the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, they weren't satisfied with what they had. And it led them to complaining. Well, back when we were in Egypt... We ate fish and steak, onions and melons. You forgot you was getting beat half to death. You forgot about that part. I want to go back to Egypt. Because I'm telling you, I'm tired of all this manna. And manna was a miracle bread. God was raining down from heaven. They began to complain. I'm sick of eating manna. We have to eat manna every day, three times a day. I'm tired of eating manna bread, manna loaf. 
manna casserole, manna burgers, manna pizza, banana splits. I'm tired of all this manna. Manna, 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 manna. I want something else to eat because I'm not satisfied with what I have. And so many people are like the Israelites. They're never satisfied with what they have, with where they are, and with who they are. And it leads to complaining. Some of you in this place, you're never satisfied. You're not satisfied with what you have. Matter of fact, you keep thinking once you get that other thing, then you'll be, and you won't ever be. You're not satisfied with what you have, where you are, and who you are. And friends, when I start finding fault with, 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 with all I see, I have to start realizing that the problem is inside of me. I'm not satisfied with what you have. Number four is this. There, there's a fourth root of complaining, and this is, this is the core right here. This is, this is the real heart of complaining. Number four is we don't trust God. We don't trust God. Listen to Israel in Exodus chapter 14, verse 11. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? And Israel, they didn't trust God with their life. They didn't trust God with their future. Here they are, and they're saying, God brought us out here to die. No, that's not God's plan at all. Listen, God has a good plan for you. He wants to take you to this land called a promised land, a good land, a spacious land, flowing with milk and honey where you'll have cattle and sheep. And will you able to be plant crops and reap a harvest? God has great plans for you. And yet Israel didn't trust God. And they began to complain. And we can just be just, just like Israel. Because, friends, you and I, we start to complain because we don't trust God. We start complaining about our finances. We start complaining we start complaining about our future. We start complaining about our spouse. We start complaining about our kids. We start complaining because at the root of it, we really don't trust God. God, help us to trust you. Help us to have faith in you that you're a good God and you've got good plans for our life. Number two is this. We, we looked at why people complain. Now, number two, I want us to look at the fruit of complaining. There's always fruit. When you complain, you're sowing a seed and you'll reap a harvest. The fruit of complaining. And it's not good fruit. It's rotten fruit. And the deceptive thing about complaining is most people don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm just complaining. It's not that big of a deal. And friends, complaining is as lethal and damaging as many other sins. It's as damaging of a sin as lying. Cheating, it's as damaging of a sin as adultery or doing drugs or being bitter. It has major consequences when you and I complain. And the Bible, if you study the Word of God, you'll find out that there are many consequences that follow in people's lives when they complained. And for time's sake, I don't have time to exhaust the subject of all of the fruit that takes place when people complain. So I've just narrowed it down to two. And so today I want to share with you two of the fruits of complaining, two of the consequences of complaining. Number one is this. God may give you the things you're complaining about. Don't miss this. God may give you the very things you're complaining about. Notice this in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 26. It says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, 
How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. In this desert, your bodies will fall. Every one of you 20 years old or more who, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. I almost titled this point here, God will give you the things you complain about. I can't prove that one scripturally, but I can prove God may give you. The probabilities are high. If you complain all the time, God may just give you the very things you're complaining about. That's what, he, that's what happened to Israel. God, you're never going to provide a good spouse for me. God, I'm going to be lonely all of my days, Lord. I just know, I just know you're not going to ever provide a good man for me. You're not going to ever bring a good woman in my life. And God says, you're right. Hope you like being single. Because all you do is complain. Last thing I want to do is hook up somebody else with you with your complaining self. Complain, complain. I mean, that's what happened to Israel. Here they are. They're complaining. Oh, God, God, we're going to die in the desert. God, here we are. We're in the desert. We're going to die. Lord, I know we're going to die at birth. I'm telling you, we're just going to die in this desert. God, brother, he's going to just kill us in this desert. God said, you're right. You're going to die. I mean, God's never going to take us to that promised land. I'm telling you, that promised land's a joke. We're not going to no promised land. We out here in the desert. There's no land out there. And God says, there's no land for you. And they died in the desert. You have to be careful about complaining. God may give you the very thing you're complaining about. There's a second fruit of complaining that I want to show you today. Number two is this. You will miss out on God's best. You will miss out on God's best. Notice this back in Numbers chapter 14, verse 29 says this. In this desert... Your bodies will fall. Every one of you 20 years old or more who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Notice that against me. Israel, you think you're grumbling against Moses. You're not grumbling against Moses. You're not grumbling against Aaron, your leadership. You're not grumbling against your boss. You're not grumbling against your friends or your spouse. You're grumbling and complaining against me. Listen, Israel, I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one that put you in the desert. I'm the one that gave you that job. I'm the one that put you in Oklahoma. And every time you grumble against somebody else, listen, you grumble against me. I put you where you are. And you're talking against your heavenly father. Verse 30, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home. And an entire generation of Israelites missed out on God's best because of their mouth. Because all they could do is grumble, mumble, and complain. And they never made it to the land flowing with milk and honey. You want to, let me, I'm going to tell you a recipe on, a ha, on how to have a miserable life. Here's a recipe. You want to miss out on God's best in your marriage? Listen, just go home every day and complain. I mean, just let me tell you, go home. I'm going to tell you how to have a miserable marriage. Just go home every day and complain. Go home and just, I can't believe the food is nasty. You can't even cook. I, my mama cooks a lot better than you cook. I, you can't cook. 
I'm sick of this. Look at you. You got another haircut. I'll tell you that hair. You dyed your hair a different color. I don't even like the haircut. The hair is ugly. I'm telling you. Now, look at you, you old big old man. Would you pick up your drawers? I'm trying to clean it up to you. You can't do nothing. Listen, you can't even drive right. Would you drive right? Slow down. You can't do nothing right. Just go home and complain there. I'm telling you, you have a bad marriage. It's going to be horrible. You'll miss out on God's best. You want to have a horrible job? I'm going to tell you how to have a horrible job. Just go to work every day and complain. I'm going to tell you, here, here's a recipe. You want to be miserable? Just go to work every day and complain. I'm just sick of this job. These ignorant people, I'm telling you what, they're not doing me right. Just stupid, these stupid people. If I was the boss, the issue is you never going to be the boss talking like that. That's the problem. And you'll be miserable at work. You, you, you want to know how to, how to have a miserable relationship with your kids? Just complain all the time. Just, just, you just, I'll tell you what, you aggravate me. You on my last nerve. You just can't, you, I'm telling you, just like your daddy, you just like your mama, you just like Uncle Fred, you just like Grandpa. I tell, just complain all the time. And you'll have a strained relationship with your kids. You see, you will miss out on God's promised land for your life. You will miss out on God's best if all you do is complain. Just look at Israel. What I want to do to wrap up this message today, we've looked at the root of complaining. We've looked at the fruit of complaining. And now, number three, I want to give you the solution for complaining. How do we overcome this addictive problem? The first thing is this, as we look at the solution. Number one, stop complaining and start being thankful. Stop complaining, start being thankful. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 16. God's word says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to stop complaining? The first thing is be joyful. Have you ever met a joyful complainer? I never have. They don't exist. And the Bible says you and I, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that we're supposed to be joyful always. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. There should be a, a joy. There should be an excitement about life and about work and about family. Be joyful always. Verse 17, pray continually. You want to stop complaining? You need to develop some spiritual disciplines. You need to pray continually. You need to read the Bible. You need to be in church regularly. You need to, you need to get some spiritual disciplines in your life so that you can overcome this area of negativity. Pray continually. And then, and then Paul drills home on it on verse 18. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will. That we would give thanks. That we would have a different perspective about our circumstances. We may not like them, but Lord, I'm going to give you thanks. Here's what I want you to do. I want us to do an exercise for the next seven days. For the next seven days, starting today, I want you to go home today. And I want you just to write down five things you're thankful for. Instead of being frustrated and mad and angry, and angry, just go home today and say, you know what, I'm thankful. And write down five things. When you get up tomorrow morning and you're getting ready to complain and go, it's Monday and I got to go to work. I want you to just sit down. I want you to write down five things. Just, just real quick. Five things. Just change your thinking. Five things I'm thankful for. Oh, Tuesday, write down five things I'm thankful for. I want, you, I want you to do that the next seven days. For some of you, here's the deal. Complaining has gripped your life. 
And I want you to do it for the next 30 days. For the next 30 days, make a commitment every day. I'm going to write down five things that I'm thankful for. That I will learn to give thanks in all circumstances, good and bad. Number two is this, the, the, the second solution to complaining. Number two is stay away from complainers. Stay away from complainers. Now, some of you, this isn't possible because you're married to one. And that's another message. I don't have time to go there today, but we can recommend some marriage counselors for you. Stay away from complainers. Listen, hear me today. Complaining is contagious. Complaining is contagious. If you hang around complainers, they will rub off on you. Let me give you a scriptural example from this story about Israel. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. It says, the rabble, this small group of Egyptians, with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing. So there was a group of people, the rabble. And now it spread to some of the Israelites that they were complaining. They weren't happy about the food. They were craving other, other food. They began to mumble and grumble. And now they've rubbed off on the Israelites. And the Israelites start wailing. And they said, if only we had meat to eat. And notice six verses later, in verse number 10, Numbers 11, it says, Moses heard the people of every family wailing. It started with a small group of people, and now it spread to the entire Israelite community. And every family was wailing, each at the entrance to his tent. When I was going over my notes this morning, I found that interesting. They were all complaining at the entrance of their tents. In other words, they went to the front door. They opened it up. because They want to make sure everybody hears, especially Moses and Aaron. And they began to complain and whine. Every single family. Because listen, complaining is contagious. Matter of fact, think about this. There have been times that you've been around certain people and you weren't thinking about anything negative. You weren't complaining, but you were around this certain person and they began to complain about something. I mean, you, you were positive. And all of a sudden, when they began to complain about something, it got in your mind. And you said, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. And then you jumped on the bandwagon. And you started complaining. Because complaining... Yes, contagious. Be aware of your friendships. Be aware of who you're hanging around because complaining is contagious. There's a third solution that that I want to share with you today. The third solution is this. Remember your witness. Remember your witness. Look back with me in our opening scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verse number 14. The scripture says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Do everything, everything, everything. Verse 15. Why? Why do everything without complaining? So that you may become. And boy, I tell you, there's a lot right there. I don't have time to unpack it all. So that you may become blameless. In other words, you won't become all God wants you to become when you're a complainer. It stops you from becoming. So that you may become blameless and, and pure. It's a purity issue. Complaining is a heart issue. Children of God without fault, you'll always have fault in your life when all you do is murmur and complain. In a crooked and depraved generation in which, notice this, in which you shine like stars in the universe. God says, here's the deal. Here's why you don't complain. Because as a follower of Christ, I want you to shine in the universe. You see, we all go through trouble. We all go through adversity. But when you're at work, the follower of Christ you should respond and look different from those who don't know Christ. You, you, you should shine. There should be a difference in your attitude, a difference in your response. And when all you do is complain and murmur 
and grown. You're no longer shining. There's no difference between you and the person at work, the person in the neighborhood, because all you do is complain and groan. Listen, one of the biggest and quickest ways to lose your influence and witness is to complain all the time. Because there's no difference. And here you go and you complain. I tell you what, I'm sick of this job. I hate life. I'm sick of the weather. I'm tired of my husband. I'm sick of my wife. I'm tired of the kids. The car's acting wrong. The dog don't like me. I'm sick of life. Hey, by the way, it's Easter. Would you like to join me for church this Sunday at People's Church? No. No, not really. Because there's no difference between my life and yours. And as a follower of Christ, there ought to be joy about life. There ought to be think we're thankful, we're thankful, we're grateful for God and His grace and His mercy and His blessing. And we realize, I want to shine instead of wine. Can I tell you one of the things that I hate the most? I love technology, but I also hate it. Because now people have the ability to complain to the entire world. Be careful. I see people on Facebook. I tell you, my husband, he just an idiot. I mean, why would you say that? To the entire world, don't tweet that. Don't Facebook. I don't care about how bad your days been. Stop it. Everybody's reading that. Do you know the impression we're getting about you in your life? Stop it. Shine, 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 shine. Let your little light shine. That you can influence people to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence.